You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Did Kenny get fired yet? You know, I, we can't have a show like this. This is the beginning of of the baseball season. Woo-hoo. It's opening week. Woo-hoo. Hope springs eternal. Hope springs my Johnson. Listen, there are some positive things to talk about with this team. The food, like, the, the food is very good okay, at White Sox I like Park. the Eloy deal. I think anybody that's upset about the Eloy deal is not, again, looking at the economics. For the same reason that I'm upset at the White Sox, for not looking at the economics that were going on in baseball and falling short of Machado because they cheaped out is the same reason why I'm annoyed with any White Sox fan who doesn't like the Eloy Jimenez deal. Because you're not risking that much in this deal. You're not. If you honestly truly believe the guy is good. Which I don't. Oh, you're nuts. He's going to be good. I know that we've been burned before when we were sold that Gordon Beckham was going to be the, the next coming of, uh, of Lou Brock. But it, it, that wasn't really what was going to happen. I think all of us kind of knew that, too. We were, a, we were a franchise starved for a hot prospect that was going to come up and be ours. And we believed that their scouting department would all of a sudden just pull something out of their butts. But this guy wasn't drafted by this team. This guy went into the minor leagues and proved a lot before we acquired him in a deal. That was a great deal. You know who else was hitting 300-some-odd whatever in the minor leagues? Yon Mankata. Yon Mankata's going to have a good year, too, this year. 230. No, he's not. 230. You're out of your mind. Book it. I'll bet you Book right it. now. What do you want to bet? That's my prediction. What do you want to bet prediction. on? You, you know, ever since um, ever forty-five dollars. Ever since the Machado thing happened, it's like you're just like you're done. Okay, so we missed on him. I was mad too. It's not that we missed on him. It's how we missed on okay. him, and it's the attitude this team took after they missed well, on the thing, him. Listen, we'll, we'll, I want to get into one thing that I heard that Rick Hahn said today, or not today. He said it this week, and. And he said it to our boy Chuck Garfine, who then, of course, was not going to follow up with the obvious responses or answers because right, because he's trying not to piss anybody because off. Because they'll never they'll never give him any more support again. I mean, he's he's basically he needs that. There there are podcasts and there are broadcasters who need the approval of the team because they're afraid the team won't talk to him again. And that's and I that's where they're at. So uh, that aside, let's approach one crazy thing at a time because you're on a roll. You were on a roll before I got the microphones on. Mm. I had to scramble to get them on because you're just shouting and screaming down here. I don't know why. First off, the Eloy deal is a good deal. The Eloy deal makes sense because you're paying him on average for that entire length of the contract, even though it's a small amount early on, a bigger amount later on. You're paying him on average less than you're paying Yonder Alonso. And you believe he's going to be a better hitter than Yonder Alonso if you're giving him that contract, Yonder Alonso is a nice player, but Yonder Alonso is not a potential Hall of Fame franchise talent. You believe Eloy Jimenez is going to be that if you're the White Sox. And if the Sox believe that Eloy is going to be that, it's a great deal. And then for the next two years, the options that are club options, you're paying him in his year 29 and year 30 seasons, the same as you're paying Abreu, who's a proven all-star caliber player. See what I'm saying? So 
It's a great deal if you believe in them. Now, I've always felt the White Sox to be a little shaky on their own pro scouting. Uh, but I, shaky? But I have been impressed with the way that Chris Getz has done things in the minors, and I ha- it was, it's much better than what uh, Buddy Bell was doing, okay? I have been impressed with his, his way that guys are developing in there. I have been impressed with the idea that they take a guy like Vizquel, who I always thought had a good baseball acumen, and he's coming up with these guys. They seem to have a plan where they're bringing this manager with the bulk of their guys from single A to double A, and eventually he'll come to triple A. Once again, Chris Getz, hey, you've got no qualifications to do this job, but you're a former White Sox, so here, have a job. I didn't have any qualifications to be a radio morning show guy. I did a very good job of presenting to some people that I thought I'd I'd do a good job at it. All right? You got to start somewhere. Where is he supposed to get the experience that you think he should have had before I got in there? I'm looking at the results. So far, I've been pleased. I've been pleased. I, I feel like they don't really bring up guys until they're ready. I, Mancata's season last year was probably the only time I thought maybe the guy was a little rushed, but you had to bring him up because what else were you going to do? Let the guy come up and play. I think Aloy should be up with the team to start the season. He won't. Well, it doesn't make any sense to sign him if he's not going to be up for Well, he season. won't be. They're going to add it on to his service time. No, you don't need to do that now. Service time's gone. You sign him to a deal. Service time means nothing, Dave. So he's he's going to be there now opening day because you signed this long-term deal with him. Service time would have only been the thing that would have taken away his arbitration years. It would it, it now, but they're all covered, plus his first two years of free agency that he would have had. Okay, if they would have manipulated his service time, it would be one year of free agency they took away. And if they wouldn't have manipulated it, it would have been two. So his agents look at it as we only gave up one year of free agency because they were going to manipulate the service time anyway. And so that none of that means anything anymore. So you're going to bring them up. Now, that means somebody's going to get lose their job. Some guy's going to lose their job because we've got it down to 25 men right now, which means one of these guys, Rondon, Garcia, Engel, or Palka, are losing their job. And that's the reason why Jimenez... Roll, roll a dice. They're all bad. Jimenez is playing with the major league team, but Jimenez is not on the active 25-man roster because they are still evaluating because they have not decided which guy they're sending down. And actually, Tuesday night, as we're getting ready for Wednesday morning release of this podcast, it's now official. Eloy has joined the team. John Jay's on the 10-day DL. Ryan Cordell is up, but he's going to go away when Santana shows up, I would assume depending on how they juggle things with the disabled list. Ian Hamilton's on the disabled list. Aloy's up. There are 25 people still. Eventually, though, somebody's losing their job. They're getting a little extra time to figure it out. I saw a couple of comments on White Sox Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, at Sox in the Basement. I saw a couple of comments like, Giolito is terrible. Why isn't he the guy that's going to be there April 10th? Well, th- there's a reason. Okay, Giolito is a guy that they still want to get something out of. I don't think they're going to. I think you have two really good pitchers that are going to pitch this year that are long-term guys in Rodon and Lopez. I think the two of them could very well be all-star caliber pitchers in their careers. Multiple all-stars. Multiple time all-stars. I see that potential with them. With Giolito, you're just hoping to find a serviceable fourth or fifth starter. That's That's his ceiling right now in my mind, unless something like a light switch goes on. But they still have no reason to not give him the innings. They're doing everything they can. They've changed his delivery. They changed the, they're, they're tweaking everything they can here to try to fix this guy. I don't know if it'll work or not, but that's what their plan is. 
So Santana is going to be the fifth starter, even though at the end of the year, Santana might end up being the better pitcher. <laughs> Sorry, I was just... I, I know I you just, hate Irvin Santana, but I'm going to tell you something. He's 37 yeah, years I don't care old, coming he's 37. off a career-threatening injury. It's not a career-threatening injury. His thumb was hurt. It got healed now. Oh, my God. You are, you are like overreaction central down there at the other end of the bar. It's not a career-ending injury. There are 37-year-old pitchers that are highly viable pitchers. Look at Rich, Rich Hill look is at, still pitching out in L.A., and he's at, doing a really good job for a team that goes to the World Series every year. Look at all of the quality fifth starters you could have got. Irvin Santana? Because they don't, really? Because they don't intend to sign anybody long-term because they want the flexibility when guys come up that they're not stuck on. Listen, if they're too cheap to give Manny Machado guaranteed deals, you really think that they aren't too cheap to say, well, we don't want to pay a guy to sit on the bench. See what I'm saying? Jerry gets angry when he sees a guy that's making seven figures or more sitting on the bench. He sits there and goes, whoa, I'm paying this guy what? And Kenny goes, Rick, what are you, t-? Rick? Like he acts like he doesn't know anything about the deal. That's how I see Kenny doing things. Kenny's like the guy who's like, sure, Rick, I agree with you. And then and then, and then then Jerry walks in the room and he's like, whoa, whoa, Rick, we didn't talk about this. And Rick just stands there and just like puts his head down and, and just goes, this is, this is my life. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Now, on the other hand, Rick Hani aggravated. Okay. Really aggravated me. Okay, let's hear how. And and I and I'm aggravated with him, and I'm aggravated with Chuck Garfine for not following up on the question. Chuck Garfine asked Rick Hahn in a recent interview uh, about the free agent, how everything went with free agency and trades in the offseason. <laughs> and okay, go ahead. Rick Hahn says that Twitter and social media ruined at least one deal for him this offseason. Now, that I'm, really I'm, bothers I'm, me. I'm face palming right that now. Really you guys, you guys can't see it, but I literally face palmed John Luke Picard style. It really bothers me that he says it. Yeah, because this is this goes this is just like what this is a total White Sox thing to do. This is this it's is the another... fans' fault for not showing up, which is why we suck. No, the fans show up when you're good, and they don't show up when you're not good. And there's statistics out there to show it, and there's books that have been written about the fact that that's how it works for the White Sox. And you guys are in denial. Remember, it's not us, it's you. remember, stop the, blaming your fans. Remember the line that I gave you. It was it was the week after the Machado debacle. Remember the line that I gave you from my one of my favorite reality TV personalities, John Taffer. I don't embrace excuses. I embrace solutions. You know what that is? Another excuse. That is whites. That is classic White Sox. Let's make an ex- another excuse for why we're a failure. And now here's the thing. I was trying to figure out what the deal was, and the deal, in my opinion, is clearly the Jack Peterson deal, because Han talks about how names got out, and then he has to sit and talk to those players whose feelings are hurt, even though they weren't traded. See what I'm saying? And remember the Peterson trade. There were a couple of names on that on, on that deal. It was like three guys were going mm-hmm. in that deal. It and was like Rutherford. It Rutherford was, like... was, and remember, he's a prospect that they still are kind of hoping to get something out of. He was the big, he was the, he was, the, in my mind, he was the biggest name that was being sent. Okay. Out of the, out of three guys that are being sent. The other thing is that Han said something about how they had gotten to the point or they were near the point of exchanging medical information, which means it was a trade. You wouldn't be exchanging medical information, really. No, it's not for free agents. So it's a trade. And really, the only trade that got talked about at great length 
was the Peterson deal. And remember the Peterson deals going on during SoxFest, right? I remember. Peterson's deal going, because everybody was talking about it. Every blogger, every podcaster, every beat reporter, anybody I talked to that I was there heard something about it. But the, here's the thing. Would have been a great deal. Here's the thing. The information was coming out of the White Sox organization. So Chuck Garfine's response should have been, Rick, does this show you that you may need to, to, uh, to fix up your ship? You know, to tighten up what's going on inside your own organization. Because that information isn't pulled out of left field. That information comes from your own organization. There are people in your organization who are telling people these things, whether they're standing there and they're BSing while they're having a drink at SoxFest and they're talking to somebody else who happens to have a microphone or happens to have a, a, a sketch pad or something like that. That information got passed and that information got out because your organization, people within your organization knew the information and told other people. And here's the other thing. It was one of the few things you could find out at SoxFest if you were not within the inner circle of the media. See what I'm saying? Like, there's an inner circle. Right, because we were there's hearing about Garfine. it. Right, because we were hearing about it. I don't want to talk about who told us what, because I don't want to burn anybody. No, but we were hearing about it. Right. From people, that was a thing. But it was one of those things where we were hearing not only where it was coming from, but we were hearing who told them that. See mm, what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I know directly where the rumor came from. If, I, if my source can be believed, I know exactly where the rumor came from. Right. And guess what? It came from within the White Sox organization. So Chuck Garfine should have turned around and said, then are you looking at problems within your organization? Don't, don't blame the people that are outside your organization. Look at what's going on inside of your organization. If you truly believe that a deal was ruined because too much information got out, then you have something that you need to fix within your organization. And, and, and that's... I wish that question would have been asked or and stated, do, but it's never going to be stated. And in you do it. And you them. know what? And you know what? And you do it. Here's the deal. From a business owner, you do that behind closed doors. You do that behind closed doors. You do that. And you know what? Even if the, the company line is this, when something like that happens, right. we are aware there was an issue. We are taking every precaution. We are taking every action possible to fix the problem. Dude, even the bears do that. It didn't come from a fairy <laughs> that got through a keyhole like Tinkerbell and listened to what was going on in the room and left. It came from somebody inside the organization. Dave Marin's on the phone with me. He goes by at SoxNerd on White Sox Twitter. He has been on the show before. He's a good friend of the program, and he basically puts up all the cool stuff on the White Sox scoreboard. He's the guy who has the little tidbits, the trivia, the knowledge that gets imparted to you while you're looking at the big board at home White Sox games, and he joins us on the line. Dave, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? Nice to talk to you. It's good to talk to you as well. It's been a long offseason, and I'm getting ready for White Sox baseball. You know, no matter how hard it was, we we still have a team that has some positives to it. It's harder to convince my co-host of that. We have some teams with some, the, the team has positives. There's things that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm sure you're excited to get back to work. Oh yeah, I, I am. I've been down to the park a couple times. It's kind of like spring training for the scoreboard crew. And we've been inputting and working on uh, this season. And it's, it's going to be a great season on and off the field at guaranteed rate field. If I could get that, Chilling plug in there. There it is. No, that's good because I keep calling it by the wrong name. It just changes too much. <laughs> in my lifetime, it's changed too many times. I, I call about a wrong thing like six times an episode. So spring training for the scoreboard crew, what exactly does that entail? Like what, what are you guys doing to get ready? I'm sure it's new graphics and things like that. 
Yeah. The biggest thing for me is that there's a new system that I'm working on, and uh, I just kind of have to learn how to uh, operate a new system, and it's just a lot of um, training and practicing, and people are putting together videos and graphics and things of that nature. So um, it's, it's really kind of an exciting time. And, you know, in a, in a similar, we're kind of like NASCAR, you know, like where the Daytona 500, the biggest race is the first race of the year, you know, uh, with the with the White Sox and a lot of baseball teams opening day is the, you know, it's your biggest day of the year. And, you know, we don't really have any spring training games or, or anything to, to get us ready. So we just kind of, uh, we're flying by the seat of our pants in, in a sense uh, on opening day, but, we're so experienced that uh, we can handle anything, which is which is one of the great things about working there. Anything that people can expect when they get there? I mean, we got new uh, we got new intro music, new intro video, uh, uh, something cool that they can look forward to. Uh, not that I not. We're still pretty early in the process, but I will say that my stat look will look uh, a lot uh, will look somewhat different just because of the new system. But uh, no, a lot of that is still a work in progress. Okay, so they're still doing that. So they haven't made it. They haven't told you about right. any major changes or anything yet. No, no, okay. no. I, I'm pretty low on the food chain there, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be the first. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be the guy that they would uh, tell right away. But I can tell you, you know, I'm just so proud to be a member of that crew and the, and our game day production. It, it it will be really good. I can guarantee you that. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about some of the new guys. I'm sure you're studying up on your Eloy trivia. Well, uh, I like you. I've been thinking about Aloy and his debut, and if he makes his major league debut on opening day, he will become, by my count, the 45th White Sox player to do that. And uh, the last time that happened, do you want to take a guess at who that was? Last guy to debut on opening day. It was Jacob May in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> See how bad I am at this? I'm like, it's got to be somebody good, but no, it's just Jacob May. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's funny because um, there's so much hype that goes along with a lot of these guys. And you think, like, some of the other guys that have done that recently, Micah Johnson did it in 2015. Okay. Jose Abreu uh, did it. Alexei Ramirez did it. And the interesting thing about Alexei Ramirez's debut is that he made it in center field in 2008. Uh, Aguchi, um, here's another name I'm sure that will make you cringe a little bit. Mike Caruso uh, did that as well. And then uh, other notable... Other notables to do that was Ozzie Guillen, Harold Baines, Jim Landis, Aparicio, and uh, three of the eight men out, Buck Weaver, Hapfelsch, and Swede Risberg also did that. So, you know, I got a limited amount of space there. I don't know if I could cram all that information up there, but uh, that's one of the little tidbits that I uh, have, have been working on. Yeah, I can't see you getting that all in there. No, but there's some interesting names there, which is which is one of my goals as uh, in my job is I try to, you know, I try to throw up as many uh, – Names that will make people go, oh, yeah, remember him, or maybe cringe a little bit or whatever. Oh, like a lot of times when I put a stat up on the board, the crew will go, oh, Mike Caruso on the board or something like that. So uh, that is that is one of my goals is to get a few of those names in there. Um, you know who's good on opening day is uh, Abreu, 8 for 19, 421 in his five opening days. And then you know what I like about being on this show, on this podcast, is that I can get a few – I can maybe – say a few of the negative stats that I research and that you find out things. And sometimes when I do research, I research things, I find out things and I don't put them up on the board. This is an entire, this is an entire show of positive and negative. So this is great. Okay. So give me the negative stats that you can't put up there. 
Well, the the one that uh, the one that won't make it up there is as I was doing some research for opening day. Yonder Alonso, two for twenty three on opening day. <laughs> oh, 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 and he's one of those guys That's that like there. you could see. I mean, like uh, like Dave believes it, but I don't. The possibility that you get a at least a smattering of fans that boo him because of what happened in the off season to make their feelings yeah. known. We're still thinking that Andy yeah. does bad on opening day. That's rough. Yeah. But he had a he had a good spring. He had some homers, and you know he, he's a professional hitter. So I, I I don't I don't really have much problem. No, no, I'm okay no. with it. You got Yuan Moncada now in what I believe is the make or break year. I excused him last year. I believe he's going to have a good year this year. A big year is what I'm really hoping for. I really believe this is the year of Yuan. But it's got to be hard to find the positive stats about last year because he had a rough year. What do you reach for when you're looking for uh, something good about his year last year? Well, Mancata, um, he hit 17 homers, and he was among the um, White Sox uh, all-time leaders among second basemen in, in the homers uh, in a single season. Uh, I think Ray Durham is the all-time leader. So his, his power for his, at his position is really good and really interesting in terms of stolen bases and power and that combination. Um, of course, you know, I stay away from the strikeouts. Uh, but <laughs> we... we, we we all know they're there. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not like Sox fans are stupid, right? I no, mean, you know, I think we all know what's going on there. Hopefully that changes, or, or at least at least he makes up for them with more of an output than what he made, what he had last year. I, I'm, You know what? I'm one of those people that is really looking forward to seeing him this year. and uh, Maybe he's got his feet on the ground. His spring was really good. His strikeout numbers were, were down, and, and his ratio was better. So, you know, maybe this is his year. I think maybe, it is. Maybe this is his year. He breaks out. Yeah. I think it is, I, and I, I, like, I think it's the most important thing going on in this team this year is how he does, and I do think it's his year. I I, I firmly believe he's going to have a good year. Now, I could be we could be sitting around in June and he's hitting 202 and banging our head off yeah. the table, but I, I don't believe that's what's going to happen. No, he's really young, which is great, and um, he's fast. He's exciting. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a, you know, he can be, re- he, he could be like one of the most dynamic players that they've ever had, so it's that it's definitely he's definitely worth watching that's for sure i just want to bring up that we talked earlier like maybe six months ago about the possibility of me like going to check out the the situation there where you work is it still a possibility oh yeah i meant to talk to you about that no i'm kidding of course <laughs> yes <laughs> as long as i haven't been banned as long as there isn't a sign up like don't let socks in the basement anywhere near anything around here uh, then we'll be fine yeah, sometime during the season i'd love to take you up and show you what it is i'm very we're very proud of what we do up there and the product that we put on the field and the show that we do. And it's, it's, and it's a wonderful atmosphere and a great group of people. My boss, Jeff Chanel and Chris Quintana, it's just a great crew. It's, it's really great. And it's something we're really proud of. So of course, yes. Well, yes, I'm, I'm looking course. forward to it and I'll bring you guys some swag. When we go up there, we'll have a nice time at some point in the season. This is Dave Marin. He works up in the White Sox scoreboard. It's not actually in this. You're not actually in the scoreboard. I think I saw a picture. You're more behind home plate, but controlling the scoreboard, right? Yes. Yeah, so you're back there, yep. and you're you're hanging on that same level where all the broadcasters are at, and you are running that scoreboard up there. You're at least putting up all the trivia and the and the interesting tidbits, and I look forward to reading it, knowing who the guy is that puts it up this year. I think that's really cool. Well, I appreciate that, and just I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love what I, I I have a great job. I won't lie. That's awesome, Dave. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. We'll have you on again sometime. All right, nice talking to you. Take care. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. 
I did the broadcast basement with Chris for 10 years and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the broadcast basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at broadcastbasement.com. I want to do a bold prediction. Bold good predictions, bold bad predictions. On a supersized episode of Socks in the Basement to kick off the season. Okay? Bold predictions. You go first. I go first? Yeah. Yohan Moncada hits 280 or better with 30 home runs and 25 stolen bases. Did you hit your head? Are you okay? Can you take you to the doctor? That's my bold prediction. Wow. It happens. Positive. We were talking positives. That's, that's my bold prediction. And it needs to happen for me. I need it. Not gonna. Oh, I think he's going to do really well this year. I think Mankata's going to do really well this year. I think he looks comfortable. I think he feels like he's a member of the team now. I think I see a little bit of swagger when he walks around when I'm watching the videos. I think that he, having a guy like Eloy up and hitting close behind him. I mean, there was a moment where, where Jimenez drove him in and, and you could just see the, the camaraderie between the two of them. They've got their big brother and Jose Abreu out there. I just, I just feel like he's going to be very comfortable this year. I think, he's going to feel, I think he's going to feel a lot of the pressure of being the guy that came up that everybody's watching peel off of him just a little bit. And I expect big things from him. And if I don't get big things from him, like I said, last year I gave him a pass. There's no pass this year with him. He comes out of the gate and we're in June and he's hitting 214. Trust me, it's going to be me telling you he sucks and he was a mistake. You better have another plan. That's what I believe is going to happen. He's going to have a big year. Give me, a, give me one of your bold predictions. The footlong Polish at the club level will make its way down <laughs> to the concourse level. I'm being positive. You don't need to be positive. You can give negative ones. No, that's my bold positive that's your prediction. Positive <laughs> and will be the highlight of the 10,000 a game fans who come out to U.S. Cellular Field this year. The foot long Polish. You're the best. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm working on being more positive. No, okay. I like that one. That's a good one. All right. Here's another bold prediction for you. Reynaldo Lopez comes out of the gate and surprises as the best pitcher on the staff in the first half of the season, earning an all-star berth. You look like I punched you in the gut. Why wouldn't you like that? I'm, I'm very concerned about you right now. No, but no, okay. I mean, look, I, I, see, I, see, I see the possibility of... I mean, I, I like I like the progression that he had last year. I liked how he's getting people out. I liked his command of the mound. I liked how he looked like he was more comfortable. I feel like, again, this is a guy who's coming in now. It's his second major league season, and he's he's ready to go. You don't hear anything negative about him. I thought he had a pretty good camp. I, I, I like Ray Lopez. I do. I think that there's some good there, and I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing him pitch. I, I'm going to be excited whenever I have a Rodan or a Lopez game this year when I'm going to a game. I'm going to be excited about it. Be pumped. I'm going to, I might pick out games specifically because they're pitching. Okay. All right. What about you? 
Is this a positive or a negative? Bold, positive Look at this. prediction. Okay, a bold, positive prediction. Well, I guess this depends on the positive of... I, I'm going to make... I'm, I'm going to make a positive prediction. Um, something that... Pos, something, something that... Because I like Rick Hahn. So I want, I want Rick Hahn to be successful. And I want Rick Hahn to do well. Because I really think that Rick Hahn wants to do a good job. And I, I really think Rick Hahn wants to be successful. I see in Rick Hahn a man who is driven to be successful and is going to do whatever it takes to get there. And sometimes so, is hamstrung by the people. My that are bold prediction for this season, whether or not it's made public or not, Rick Hahn starts sending out resumes. Because I want him you're to like, be successful. You're like the worst is so angry. What? That's a positive. That's good for Rick. <laughs> he can so actually angry. get into a situation with owners and, and higher ups who actually want to succeed so and who angry. have the brains to do it. You're that's so positive. Angry. You're so angry. That's positive. I'm not angry. <laughs> it's it's nine in the morning. I'm drinking All rum. Right. I'm not here's angry a, Here's anymore. a prediction that I think is going to come true. And um, I've already alluded to it, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to happen. Yonder Alonso will not make the 550 at-bats that he needs to make be vested for next year's contract. Aloy Jimenez is going to spend some time at DH. They're going to get uh, Polka time at DH. They are going to make sure Alonso doesn't get there and vest. And I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be a detriment to the team. I think that they'll almost move him almost into a platoon role. Not, not a full one, but I don't think it's going to be a detriment to the team that that happens because I think that Jimenez is going to have a good year. I, I mean, I don't expect him to have, like, rookie of the year. I would love that if he did that. But, I mean, I, that doesn't happen to us very often. You know it what I'm saying? It doesn't happen to us ever. But I do think that Yonder Alonso does not vest. Him and John Jay are off the team, if not midway through the season, after the season is over. Okay. Well, that's that's. You want to give me a negative or a positive? Uh, I don't well, see that as a negative or a positive. I just see that as a prediction. Uh, I... Well, I am going to make the prediction. This is kind of a small one. This is pretty unlikely. Um, Yonder Alonso and John Jay get severely booed when their names are announced on opening day. I think it's possible. I don't think, you see, I don't think, the problem is, I don't think people I'm are. I'm not calling for it. I'm not telling no, I'm people not to do it. I'm not calling people for it. It's I, not going to happen. Here's that, the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's, it's not going to happen. Because the majority of Sox fans that I've talked to wouldn't have the like they, they wouldn't have the idea, the spark to actually do something like that. But maybe it'll happen. You want to do it though. If you were there on opening day, would you Oh, boo I them? would. You would boo them. Absolutely. Would you be booing them because they told Manny Machado that uh, yes. San Diego is better, yes. or would you do it to, to send a yes. message to the front office? Both. 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 But you would boo them when they first came up. Vehemently. You wouldn't do it the whole season, would you? Uh it depends how angry I am. Wow. Well, there might be there might be a smattering because of fans like you. I hope so. See me, I've gone back guys, and forth on guys, it. Guys, are you out there? I mean, me, I've gone back and forth on it because it's part of me that wants to send a message, but I feel like this organization has been sent such a message, like the way that they've been ripped. But I also think that they belittle social media, Twitter, podcast, blogs. I think that they laugh about them and they poo-poo them and they go, Well, those are just the those are the crazies. The mainstream fans love us, or they try to say that. But then again, if the mainstream fans loved you, 
the people that do the blogs and the podcasts and everything else wouldn't be the ones going to the majority of your games because they're in love with the team even when they're mad at it. Well, meanwhile, the mainstream fans don't show up, and that's why you have all those empty seats. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they get that. No, they don't, they're, not, they got they're that, not smart enough to realize that. If they got that, that, Rick Hahn would be on my show. If they got that, some of the players, like some of the people that I have requested to have on the show would be on the show. They don't get that. No. Okay? No, because they, 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 they think that we're the fringe when in reality we're the ones that are buying the seats. That's, and and they, 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 there's something that, that's missing there. They're not making that connection. And as you have said before, this this whole podcasting thing, dude, this is the way of the future. This, well, this is, is, a, this is, the, this this is, is how it. people get their information this is how about people teams. get their information. Guess what? And Nobody to get honest discussion about it because do you really want to listen to some ex-football player? And, and this is not a swipe at Tom Waddle. I actually think he's very good. Okay, so I want to take him out of that equation. But there are other ex-football players or guys that played other sports, okay, who don't, they know just about as much about baseball as you do, and you probably know more. You really want to listen to them sit around and tell, do you want Hub Arkish no. to sit there and tell you what he thinks of the White no. Sox? Do you really think that a guy that covers football, the extent that he does, really pays enough attention to the White Sox where, like, his opinion should matter more than a guy who does a blog or a podcast who follows a team nonstop? And I'm not even talking about just us. They're all over the place. Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? I mean, like, and that's the thing. There's, there, he'll, he'll get whoever he wants to for your request to have somebody on a show. Because he, they're controllable. You know, the media doesn't want, the mainstream media doesn't want to upset that team. And so they'll only go so far. They'll only push so far. Some will push, some will not. But I mean, think about it. I mean, Garfine should have followed up with that. Right away. Like, do you think you have problems inside of your organization? Well, that should have been asked. Well, that should have been asked right away. If he's upset about the fact that somebody said something on Twitter or that social media ruined a deal, the follow-up question has to immediately be, are you concerned about the fact that stuff is getting out then and, 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 and will you be handling business differently inside the club to prevent that from happening again? Because, but he's going to say that because he's afraid he's going to make the team think that he's attacking them. Even though it's not an attacking question. No. It's just a logical follow-up question to a statement of a general manager saying that social media and information that got out ruined a deal that he wanted so bad that it really upsets him still now. So he's that and he's willing to talk and he's about willing it. to talk about it because he's angry about it. So that needs to be followed up, and that 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 aggravates me. It it just aggravates me. Yeah, no. I, I if I was in the if if I was in your shoes, it would aggravate me too. You know, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people in my life and a lot of different subjects, and that aggravates me because that's the logical, natural follow up question to that entire thing. Okay, final prediction. Okay, I'm going to stay on the positive side. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay. The White Sox have a winning record in April. Before, of course, things start to fall off. But we're going to have an exciting first month where I think the team comes out hot and plays well. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. I don't even, I don't even think that they have an over 500 record. Okay, I think uh, my prediction is somewhere around like 75 wins. But they have a hot April. See, what do you qualify a hot April, though? A winning record in April. For this team, it would be a hot thing. So, like, what? So, like, you're talking 12 and 11? I mean, 13 and 10? I'm going to put them, them, uh, let's say, three games over 500. See, that that doesn't excite me. In the Central Division, that will excite you. That may literally have you in first place in this division. First or second place in this division with three games over 500. And positive talk around the clubhouse. Guy's puffing her chest out. Tim Anderson off to a hot start. Yuan's hitting 300. See what I'm saying? Eloy's like crushed like seven home runs in the first month. Like something nuts. And you're like, guys are getting like all giddy and drinking the Kool-Aid. Kenny's finding microphones and telling people it was all his idea. Oh my God. Before he disappears when the team starts doing bad. 
but he comes out and he makes sure he gets in front of a microphone while they're doing well. That's how I see April. Your last I, prediction. I don't Finish think us so. off. I don't think so. I Finish think, us off. I think, what do we got? I think, I think, uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Six wins. Six wins in April. Six wins in April? Six wins in April. Six wins in April. Yep. I don't Six buy it. Six wins in April is not what you're buying, predicting. Not buying it. You're nuts. Not buying it. You see, you're too upset. I'm this not is, buying them. Okay, I get it. Whatever. You're nuts. You're nuts. You're nuts. 13 wins in April. Second place. All-star game predictions. Come on. Really? Really? You're really telling me that Yon Mankata is going to add 80 points to his average? He's going to be a beast. Really? A beast. Really? I don't know, but I need Anderson, to happen. Anderson is going to win a gold glove when he thinks a bait, when he can't tell the difference between a, a gold glove. baseball and a I just said he was going to have a better sack. season. I never said he was winning a gold glove, okay. and I never said him that he all-star game. 241 instead of 240. That's that's uh, Anderson <laughs> raises his average. Anderson raises his average, I and want, here's a positive. I want Anderson, Anderson to come raises, on this show Anderson raises after his he average. has a big April and, and, um, and laugh at you. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks. It's gonna be a good one. Nudie's basement. We'll broadcast basement. The Nudie's basement. The broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. And before we get out of here, it is now time for a contest announcement from Socks in the Basement. Yeah, if you made it through the end of this show, you get first dibs on this thing. A signed, autographed, Reynaldo Lopez White Sox hat. And it's yours if you win the contest. To enter, you just have to do three things. And you might have done all or at least some of this already. One, you have to follow Socks in the Basement on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're easy to find. We're called Socks in the Basement on all those platforms. Second, wherever you listen to Socks in the Basement, on whatever player, whether it be Apple Podcast or Stitcher Radio or Podbean or Spotify, all you have to do is subscribe to one and leave a five-star rating and some nice comments about the show. I'm not giving you something for free if you give me a one-star and tell me we suck. Now, you might have done step one. You're good. You might have done step two. Don't worry about it. Step three is... On the social media platform from step one, share the show. Now, here's the deal. If you share a show, we see it. If you subscribe to a show, we see it. If you comment on the show, we see it. If you're following us on social media, we see it. We're going to find all the people that did those three steps. We're going to put them in a drawing, and in two weeks, we're going to draw a winner, ship them that hat for free, signed by who I believe could be the big surprise in the Sox rotation, the big gun at the halfway point of the season, Reynaldo Lopez. Here's to a good season. You know, before 05 started, I thought they were the best fourth place team in baseball. Anything can happen.
We'll see you next week on Socks in the Basement. Bye-bye. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere a podcast can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.